few misguided youths join the reserves to make some money for their entrepreneurial dreams. No sooner than they finish basic training are they called up to do their part to save the free world. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That's true. And also a podcast where I had to Google how to say entro- <laughs> entrepreneurial. <laughs> Still can't say it. And I learned I've said it wrong my entire life. How did you say it? Entre- I don't know. Now I'm going to say it like they taught us to say You've overthought it too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah. Also, words I don't usually say. Words are hard. They are. The end. (laughs) Hi, guys. We're back Mm -hmm. for our season finale. Yeah. Season two finale. Season two. Finale. Finale. How many times can I say finale? We took last week off because Mm. the dentist hurt my tooth. (laughs) Yes. Since this is the ultimate loser, this 1994 classic in the army now, so shall we go down memory road? We shall. And you can hit me with some 1994 facts. This movie was released on August 12th of 1994. I knew that. It it, it doesn't have what the budget was, which is a rarity, but the box office gross was $28 million. Um, Some popular TV shows from 1994 were NYPD Blue, Murder, She Wrote, and Roseanne. Uh, The number one song the week the movie came out was Lisa Loeb, Stay, I Miss You. Uh, A couple other popular songs were Ace of Bass, The Sign, and Celine Dion, The Power of Love. Nice. And some popular movies were True Lies, The Santa Claus, and The Flintstones. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you remember from this film as far as your earliest memory of it? I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters or not. There's a possibility, like, we went and saw it at the discounted theater. Mm -hmm. But my memory is we had rented it, and we were watching it, and for some reason my grandpa was at the house. And he started, like, predicting what was going to (laughs) happen. So then when he was like, oh, he's going to drop the grenade and throw the pen, and that's what happened, we're like, have you seen this movie? In hindsight, there's no way in hell my grandpa was going to watch a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> he just knew, like, this is going to be the trope they're going to do. Yeah, th- there's there's so many comedy tropes in the yeah. world, and your grandpa probably's like, I've seen a lot of movies. But at 10 years old, I was just like, he saw this in theaters. <laughs> or he's psychic. Yeah. He's a big Pauly Shore fan. That's, no, not at all. That's funny. Yeah. It probably just shows how predictable the movie was yes. as far as the plot. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing this in theater, but I do remember going through a phase, and I, I can't remember if I like, talked about it on the Biodome episode, but I did really like Pauly Shore, and... I actively sought out his movies. Same. So this was definitely one that I didn't see originally, like in 1994. But when I went through a phase where I was like, I love Biodome. I love Encino, man. I need to watch all of his movies. And so I would watch this and Son-in-Law and Jury Duty. Yes. But I think I only saw this once. Okay. So it definitely wasn't one of my favorites, I would say. Biodome and Son-in-Law were definitely the two I'd seen the most. I and def- Encino, man. I definitely know we own this on VHS, we owned Son-in-Law, and we might have owned Jury Duty. Okay. We had the Pauly Shore collection, because exactly, we were fans. When I was like 13, I sought out his movies and would watch them. So far, we've only done a rewatch on one, but it didn't go well. Right. But Son-in-Law would be a good one for a future episode, because that one I remember seeing in theaters and loving it. Out of all of them, except for Biodome, it's the one I can clearly remember mm-hmm. plot details on and scenes. Whereas yeah. this one, I don't really remember other than, yeah, he joins the army. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> the title gives that away. <laughs> yeah. I guess we can answer the question or predict the question. Answer. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think this movie is going to hold up? I'm going to say, and it's definitely influenced by what my opinion of Biodome was. Right. I'm going to say it's not going to hold up. Shocker. Uh, I'm hoping I enjoy it more than I enjoyed Biodome. I'm hoping I do too. And I, I, I remember some of the people that are in the cast. So I think hopefully that aids to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like I blocked out bad things in my childhood when it comes to movies. Yeah. I only remember the good things. I don't know that I can think of a movie that I saw as a kid where I was like, that movie was terrible. Right? I'm never watching it again. We had very low expectations as children. Very unless true. it was boring. That's the only time I'd remember if a movie was bad. Like, my parents were watching a movie and it was above my intellectual mm-hmm. understanding. I was like, this is boring. I'm going to go in my room and play with Barbies. That's, That's probably I what I did, too. You went in your room and played with Barbies? Uh, not Barbies, but Skipper and Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I got you good with that one. Is that what her kid sister was? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I always liked Skipper, but she always had flat feet. Uh-huh. Compared to um, Barbie. Barbie's angled foot. So you I'd can... be like, she can't wear all the nice shoes. And then I related because my yeah. feet are like two by fours. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So shall we hit the pausey pause and go watch this beast? Yeah. We have to go rent this. Yeah. We have, we have to, to pay money. We have to pay money to watch this movie. But if you don't want to pay money, you can rent it on a subscription service called Hoopla, which I looked into. Mm-hmm. And it's a scrip- subscription service that you can get for free if you have a library card with your local library. Yeah. And not every city is using the service, like yeah. the city we live in doesn't mm-hmm. have it. But there are quite a few, and that's kind of cool. You can rent some movies. Obviously, if they have gems like in the army now, (laughs) it's got to be good. But it's free. It's part of, you know. Yeah, because we looked it up in some of the neighboring cities that that surround us are on there. So there's a possibility your city's on there. But I didn't know it existed until now, so that's kind of cool. Very cool. Are you making... (laughs) I'm waiting for you to hit the thing. Because you're just sitting here talking like this. <laughs> Ashley's over here mimicking having hand puppets or sock puppets on her hands. I don't know why today I'm like, I need to talk with my hands. <laughs> you're like, I'm going full Ryan with yeah. my hands today. Uh, anyway, so we'll go ahead and hit that. Pausey pause. And come back and talk about it. Okay. Okay, Bye. bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching In the Army Now, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is called Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and who did you notice? Well, first we'll talk about Polly Shore a little bit. Obviously, we know that he's in this movie. We were aware of it before we did the rewatch. Mm-hmm. He plays a character named Bones Conway. Mm-hmm. I would like to know the origin of the word, name Bones. Is that a nickname? Is that his parent-given name? Yeah. I would like to know. It's an anyway. interesting name, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Polly Shore's from one of the podcast favorites, Biodome. Yeah, favorite, and sure. Encino Man, and he's in gonna be in a new movie where he plays himself called How It Ends, written by Zoe Lester Jones, aka Fawn Moscato. Oh, yeah, okay. So, and if you don't know who Fawn Moscato is, she's on New Girl, yeah, yeah, character on New Girl. Mm-hmm. My first one, now that we talked about the star, is Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. He plays Bones, basically his best friend, and they join the Army Reserves together. He plays Jack Kaufman. He's been in a couple movies we've done, uh, Old School and Road Trip. Uh, he was famously on news radio, and I think the biggest thing that he kind of did recently would be some episodes of Two Broke Girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. My next one is Lori Petty. Mm-hmm. 
she plays Christine, who is one of the Army Reserve people in their little squad. Yeah. I, I don't know military terms. <laughs> um, Lori Petty is most notably a tank girl, right? Tank girl? Tank girl. In what? In tank girl. I don't know what tank girl is. You don't know what tank girl is? No. Oh, right, right. What is Tank Girl? It's a movie she was in. It's like one of her famous roles. Oh. I always just know her as Kit from A League of Their Own. She, it's a very, like, culty movie. Okay. Um, I I just assume you knew. I'm I, pretty sure I talked about Tank Girl. I didn't talk about it, but I think I mentioned it when we did A League of Their Own. Okay. I never... You were giving me the weirdest look, and it, you made me question. I'm like, was she not in a movie <laughs> called Tank Girl? <laughs> I'm sorry for making you question that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Ryan. Apparently yeah. she was in Free Willy, too. I didn't... The, like, Free Willy 2, the sequel? No, like, Free the Willy first... also. Oh, Free Willy also. <laughs> I never knew she was in Free Willy. Apparently. I haven't seen that movie since 1993, so... That's probably the same. Um, Obviously, like we mentioned, uh, League of Their Own, and more recently, Orange is the New Black. Okay. Which as, we knew that. Yeah. Yeah. As, Lottie? Lottie, yeah. yeah. She was probably my favorite character on that show. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely one of the more depressing... Yeah. In a show that had so many depressing storylines mm-hmm. as far as characters. Everybody was fucked on that show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, who is your next one? My next one is Fabiana Udino, who played Gabriella, which was Bones's girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. Right. And the big thing we know her from was she was a lot of China in Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. But more recently, uh, she did some 90210 and Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Hmm? I was excited to see her because I was like, is that a lot of China?" <laughs> yes. Mike's one is Glenn Morshower. Mm-hmm. He played Richard Day, uh, the recruiter at the office that they signed up at. And he is been in a lot of stuff he plays a lot of military roles i mm-hmm. noticed he just has that face but he was landry's dad in friday night lights mm-hmm. and he was in a couple episodes of agents of shield oh which i know i have seen because yeah. i've seen all of them yeah um who's your next one i just wanted to mention i hated army recruiters because they would come harass me when i worked retail <laughs> Yeah. And wants you to, can I get your phone number? Why don't you want to join? I don't want to be in the military. And they do not take no for an answer. It's so shitty that they'd go to like a retail worker and be like, you obviously are squandering your potential. Let's get you signed up for the military. Like, mind your business guy. Yeah. Like, get lost, man. I'm at work. Stop harassing me. Uh, And the best one, for a while, it was a guy I went to high school with i'd consider him a friend and he used to just come in and be like just give me your cell phone i'll go through and i'll just take people's names Jeez. <laughs> just so i can meet my quota that's great yeah so my next one was lynn whitfield she played the drill sergeant drill sergeant lad um she was on some without a trace and how to get away with murder and medea's family reunion she just looked very recognizable. Oh, and she played Josephine Baker in the Josephine Baker story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I watched that. I watched every TV movie biopic ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Quizzer. What? Quiz you. Like, quiz oh. her. You're like, is that a biopic? <laughs> I've never seen that one. <laughs> What's it about? She was also in a couple episodes of Chasing Life, which I think that's where I recognized her from. Okay. Who was your next one? My next one is David Allen Greer. Mm-hmm. He plays Fred, who is kind of completes their, again, I don't know the term, squad, squad yeah. unit. Platoon? Maybe. Sure. Maybe unit sounds better. Yeah. And he most notably was in, in Living Color. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done it recently, a couple episodes of The Resident, mm-hmm. which is on Fox, I think. It's got Logan from Gilmore Girls. Yes. <laughs> That's how we talk. Mm -hmm. And Jumanji, obviously. Great 90s classic, was Mm -hmm. also in that. Um, But yeah. 
and the other thing I remember from a little recently was the Carmichael show. He played the dad on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With Ashley from Greek. I think he did The Wiz. They did, like, the live production on TV. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was six years ago, too, by the way. Wow. Does it seem like it was, like, two years ago? Yeah. I don't know. My next one was Paul Mooney. He played Lieutenant Colonel Peter Hume. He was the person that they try to convince that they're gay. Oh, sure, sure. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing I remember him from, which as soon as I saw him, was he w- was on the Chappelle show a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I thought there's a couple of people that looked familiar, but it wasn't like so recognizable that I was like, eh, I'm not going to write it down. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. My next one is Art Lafleur. Mm-hmm. He plays the first sergeant uh, when they get to the, Chad. To Chad. Mm-hmm. He's their first sergeant, mm-hmm. but not their first sergeant. No, no, no. He, most notably for me, what played Babe Ruth and Sandlot, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, he was in Field of Dreams and the Santa Claus 3 as the Tooth Fairy, apparently. Oh, wow. Those are the three things that I, I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to say he was in a lot of like mid-90s comedies, mm-hmm. like sitcoms, yeah. but I definitely remember him from the Sandlot. Yeah. My next one. Is the was the namesake of one of our awards on the bonusodes, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, the B Frage. Obviously, he's the B Frage. <laughs> he's the B Frage. He he just pops in, says a line, and walks right off set. I did look at the trivia and I didn't really notice it when we watched the scene, but his name is Link, uh-huh. and it's a callback to Encino Man. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously. Encino Man, The Mummy. Uh, more recently, he was on The Affair with Dominic West. Oh. Okay. And Pacey? Joshua Jackson. Yes. There you go. Charlie Conway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was his name on French? Peter? Peter, something? yeah. Let's just talk about Joshua Jackson. He's dreamy. He was in a TV show or a TV movie that was like Romeo and Juliet that I think it was called like Julie and Ronnie or something. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Terribly amazing. Uh, Sounds awful. Um, Who is your next one? My next one is Christopher B. Duncan. Mm -hmm. He plays soldier number one and usually wouldn't notice somebody that has one line. But Christopher B. Duncan to Ryan and Ashley, that's me. Mm -hmm. That's me as well. Clarence Weedman. From one Veronica Mars. Yes, yes. Which we are currently doing yet another rewatch, because why not? Mm-hmm. And uh, more recently, he was on Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out he was... He was a regular on the Jamie Foxx show. It looks like he was on about 100 episodes. I don't remember him. I watched no. that show. And then also I saw when Jay Leno hosted The Tonight Show, he would play Barack Obama. In oh, any skits that they did. Like, he played Obama probably nine times. Okay, Clarence Sweetman. Yeah. So, my next one is, correct me if I'm saying his name wrong, Issa Morales? I would say Issa. Okay. Or, or Isa? Isa. Isa? Isa Morales, who played Officer Stern, or Sergeant Stern, mm-hmm. I believe. He was on NYPD Blue, La Bamba, but more importantly, Dell on Ozark. Yes. And if you haven't watched Ozark, it's delightful. Yes. He's he's pretty scary. Yeah. But not the scariest one. You know, when you have a, a villain, there's always going to be a bigger villain. That you wished, when that villain goes away, you're like, man, I wish we had that old villain. Like, he wasn't that bad. Like, Del wasn't that bad, guys. Yeah. I'll take Del back. My last one is Ryan Catrano. He plays the colonel who, I think he's only in one scene. Mm-hmm. It's when they're almost having a food fight when... Bones is kind of getting an argument with Sergeant Stern. Mm-hmm. And most notably for me, he played Betty Draper's dad on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And then he was in a couple episodes of Scandal. Okay. He has an impressive resume. He has a lot of other things, but I'm just naming what I know him from. Yeah. Betty Draper's dad would definitely be the big one. Yeah. I have one last one. Oh, sure. It is Ooh. a film legend. <laughs> Juggy the Oil Drum. There was a lot. He, yeah. He shows up at the end, Bones shoots him with a bazooka, and they blow up a military base. And I would say, Juggy blew up the military base, Bones was just a bystander. 
That's true. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall we take a break real quick and then come back? Yes. Okay. And we're back. Would you like to introduce our next category? Yes. Thank you. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens or the prime of our eights. Or tens. Tens. (laughs) I crack myself up. (laughs) What did you notice about the fashion? Ooh, right off the bat, (laughs) pre-military, Polly Shore and Andy Dick have some good haircuts. Right. But... I feel like Paulie Shore pulls off his a little bit. He's kind of got like a Jesus vibe a little bit. Yeah. But Andy Dick's hair is completely blown out. It's like, I mean, I don't know nothing about Andy Dick like prior to him being famous, but I don't know if he's ever had his hair that long in real life. And it just looks like it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It's going everywhere. Everywhere. Whereas Polly Shore's known for that hairstyle Mm -hmm. and like a majority of the movies that came around this time where he was you know exploding Mm -hmm. he always had the longer curly hair yeah you know yeah i did hate his hair in the first scene when he's working because it's like all greased up and in a ponytail yeah but then when they're in the next scene when they're mini golfing Mm -hmm. i was like it looks nice and natural and good yeah and healthy yeah but definitely the pulled back look yeah which, did you see his necktie? Uh, yeah. It's a sweet piano tie. Mm-hmm. There was a wrestler manager when I was a <laughs> I like kid. I you're pointing, like... I'm pointing to his figures over there someplace. Yeah. He would wear a piano key tie. Okay. Jimmy Hart. Nice. Yeah. Wasn't cool then, and it wasn't cool when this movie came out. In <laughs> uh, the scene where they're playing mini golf, it's like Bones is whole thing is shifted he looks like a greasy like businessman type in the first scene in the second scene he looks like he's a 60s cult leader yeah he looks like a hippie yeah yeah you know it worked it did i liked fast forwarding to the end of the movie Mm -hmm. bones and jack have now opened their stereo store but the shirts they were wearing at the like opening party they had were everything you would expect from 1994 patterns. Yeah. It was just this crazy design. I think uh, Pauly Shores was kind of like a teal color. Mm -hmm. It was awful. But I will say, I was in a wedding that year, and the vests that we had were very similar to that pattern and color. Awful. 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 Shall we move on to dated references? Yes. (laughs) What did you have? Right off the bat, when the movie starts, it's just a screen of a video game. It's kind of a military game where they're in an army tank blowing stuff up. It's a real game. Okay. Hit me with the game name. Don't know. Oh. Oh. Did you see the system it was on? No. The 3DO. That makes sense. Yeah. It was not a Super NES game, which is what I kind of assumed because I forgot about the 3DO. It was a return fire. Okay. For the 3DO. But Pauly Shore is like riffing his own commentary. Uh-huh. And he says like, here's looking at you, Pilgrim. Like he's John Wayne. Yeah. So that was my first one. It was a big one, I guess. That's true. Yeah. What about uh, you? Just the fact that they worked for an electronic store. Mm-hmm. And also that their dream is to own their own electronic store mm-hmm. is kind of sad because I'm like... I think I was thinking in my head, like, if they're successful and they open up one, which, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie they do, Mm -hmm. like, they're probably going to be out of business in 2021. Oh, yeah. If these characters were real, Mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't have made it past the recession in 2008. They would have closed down, like, Circuit City. Yeah. Yeah. There was another scene where Bones and Jack and Christine and Fred are out in the middle of the desert and they're Mm -hmm. getting a little dehydrated. Right. So they see a mirage, and uh, Bones says, he's like, it is a mirage right there next to Caesars and across the street from the Barbary Coast where you can get a buffet for three ninety nine. <laughs> and the Barbary Coast is a dated reference, but I will give it to him on giving the geographically correct location on Las Vegas Boulevard for those hotels. In a joke. In a joke. And we've said it numerous times on this podcast, more recently in 2012. Yeah. 
that movies can't even seem to get the actual, you know, depiction of the, the strip. strip right. Yeah. We've he, talked about it on Con Air. Mm-hmm. Austin Powers, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He did it correctly. <laughs> Out of all the movies, Pauly Shore got it right, folks. Uh, who knew? Mm-hmm. He did make a Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Yes. When they are trapped. It was at the... Is it like librarians or Libyans? Libyans, librarians. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Libyans? 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 Mm-hmm. Librarians? <laughs> uh, wow, Ashley. Well done. <laughs> it's a totally different movie. They're trapped <laughs> by librarians because they didn't return their books. They didn't return Catcher in the Rye. Um, no, the Libyans. Uh-huh. They've trapped them in a cell and. There's explosions because there's an airstrike or an air raid or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get the key. And Bones is like, this is like the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And I, in my head, I was going, like, in the movie? And I'm like, no, he means the ride because the movie hasn't come out for, like, six years. Yeah. No. Oh, nine. Nine years. Nine years. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. That was actually my last one. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I had anything else as far as date of references if we want to move into... Offensive jokes. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, very little. Yes. We kind of mentioned Bones and Jack get a message and they're being... Called up. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know the word. The majors. (laughs) They got called up up from AAA. They're going to go play fair to the Yankees. Uh, But they're going to get sent to Libya. Or Chad. Or to Chad, correct. And they're trying to get out of it and they say that they're gay and the... Paul Mooney characters like we'll go ahead and kiss which is totally insensitive by the way yes and okay so I had a lot of problems with the scene and it's very short mm-hmm. and is not necessarily like resolved or they don't talk about it later but first they try to do that which is kind of screwed up but then the guy's like yeah okay you guys can't be in the army because we had the don't ask don't tell yep. policy mm-hmm. and then but then he said prove it to me by kissing which is like creepy uh-huh and then bones goes to kiss his friend which probably shouldn't be that hard mm-hmm. but then he's like i guess i'll go to chad and go to war he was so, like how hot is it there yeah yeah so he's so homophobic that he'd rather go to war than kiss his best friend and he gave up within about one second yeah he was like nope not happening right I'm going to chad so there's something i want to talk about later but basically there's a point in the movie where they find that oasis and they're camped out, and Jack is mad because Christine has kissed Bones, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I saw her first, and he's like listing all these women that Bones is supposedly stolen from him, even though I'm like, you know, the woman also has a choice in this matter, and it, if it, they are attracted to Bones, he does have a sweet six-pack, not gonna lie. Um, you don't get to just call shotgun and dibs on a female Yes. She gets a vote in this. Like, you can say there's a bro code, like maybe Bones shouldn't have tried to date a girl that you liked, Mm -hmm. but then you don't, either of you don't get that girl, because she still has a say. Yeah. (laughs) And they met Christine at the same time. Right. And, like, obviously, Jack's whole thing is constantly hitting on her, Mm -hmm. and her showing absolutely no interest whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. But he does make a joke about transgender where he's like that thing because he's listing all the women that bones is supposedly stolen from Mm -hmm. him and he's like talking about how there was a person that ended up being a guy oh okay and yeah it was bad i started putting that in as one of my cringiest moments where i was just like yeah you know she gets a vote on this bud Yeah. yeah i feel like the the couple times there were problematic jokes in this, it was like a bunch of stuff piled on one another, and then it quickly went away. Yeah. Never talked about it again. I will say it's it's not like Jane Silent Bomb where they were constantly saying, you're gay, you're gay, yeah. you're, you know, like, you're fag, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was just Very, once. like, one minute scene, it's quick, we're going to hit you really hard with it. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of problems with it because, like, the sergeant should have asked them yeah. to kiss yeah to prove like what's next like you want them to they have to have screw sex in front, yeah. <laughs> screw in front of you yeah. like in order to, for you to believe they're gay gotcha gotcha did you have any other ones i did not okay there was a there was some like mocking of 
like Arabs. middle yes mm-hmm. of middle eastern cultures that would not fly it a day no Mm-mm. but again not over the top though there wasn't a ton of it but there there was some of that yeah there. yeah all it takes is one shitty joke mm-hmm. shall we move on yeah We're gonna go ahead and gonna go ahead and stock some laser discs for sale <laughs> at our stereo store and talk about some technology. Obviously, you mentioned the opening credits. They're playing the video game that is incredibly outdated. Yes, on a system that is non-existent. <laughs> and they work in a electronic store, and I liked that. This electronic store had neon signs everywhere on the wall, and yeah. ones like VCRs, mm-hmm. like. That's great. And the electronic store's name is Crazy Boys. I don't I don't get it. You know what's funny is I always remember him going, We're crazy boys. And yeah. I never realized it was from this movie. I just uh, assumed uh, it was like son in law. But that the whole beginning scene is just chock full of dated electronics. Yeah. Like hamcorder that Jack uses. Did you have any other technology? I wanted to mention there was a scene where Fred David Allen Greer uses an emerald green corded phone, which obviously we've watched a ton of movies and there's corded phones and a bunch of them. It was just the color of the phone. I'm like, I've never seen a phone that color. It was at the party, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had the tackiest apartment ever. They really did. Especially Bones's, Polly Shore's character's bedroom. Mm-hmm. It was like paint splattered walls. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? And like a weird leathery headboard. It was very, yeah, interesting. Of course, we had to rent this, so we didn't have any DVD special features, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the soundtrack? Could not get the name of the song, but there is a scene where Bones and Jack have to ride in dune buggies, which I immediately thought of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, (laughs) where Brad Pitt does it, and he gets out, and they're playing a poison song in the background. And it was like this movie, it seemed like whoever did the soundtrack just Googled generic rock song, play it. Whereas at least when Brad Pitt's doing it, I'm like, well, it's freaking poison at least. Yeah, and the most notable song I felt like, and uh, what I wrote down was when Christine and Fred, they were in the prison and they see Sergeant Stern needs to tell them something Mm -hmm. privately and they know the uh, Libyans are, I almost said librarian again, (laughs) listening in on them. Uh Uh-huh. So they start singing Rescue Me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is actually a surprisingly well done song. Yeah. I was like, Christine and Fred are really harmonizing. Yeah. They did a good job. Yeah. And the other song they sing was John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. That's true. That's true. Because they're like, it's like camp. Yeah. But the Rescue Me was, yeah, well done. Did you have anything else for this category? No. Uh Uh-uh. All right. Let's move on. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, the plot hole, and we name our funniest one. So we talk about the plot, the plot hole. (laughs) There was more than one. Uh, And we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. I'm doing great today. We're doing awesome. Um, So the plot, as we mentioned... Bones and Jack get fired from their electronics store job, join the army reserves for an easy paycheck, and then they get called into action, Mm -hmm. which is something they didn't think was going to happen. No, because they're just going, it's as little as two weeks a year, right? one weekend a month. Right off the bat, when Bones and Jack, I don't know what you would say, like seek out an assignment, they want to be... They call themselves water boys, but they're going to filtrate the water to give the soldiers clean water. Right. And they're like, we can make potable water out of the most disgusting swampy waters. But the water that they used to make potable was like a nice creek that had waterfalls. Oh, like when they were doing their training. Yeah, when they were doing their training. Whereas I'm like, they make it sound like they're out there, you know, filtrating the Everglades or something. But yeah. it was like a very nice creek. I'm sure it's not drinkable water, but it wasn't like disgusting mud that they turned into right. water. If, out of all the waters you're going to have to filtrate, that would probably be one of the cleaner sources. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then it was funny because nobody wanted to drink it. I'm like, it just went through a tank. Yeah. Like a huge truck. That's it's true. It's clean. 
one of the plots in the movie or one of the things that happens is they have to go somewhere, right? Like the front lines or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they have to get them water. Yeah, and they're on their way there and the other vehicle that is with them gets attacked. Mm-hmm. And then, but it, I don't know, it's kind of edited weird because they just stopped and they're like, I guess they're leaving without us. And I'm like, like they got a flat tire? Yeah, something? they got a flat tire. I don't know. They just didn't explain it very well. It didn't make sense that if they got a flat tire that the other people they would, would just leave, leave you. Because yeah. you're not frontline military. Yeah. You're, you had like very minimal training. Yeah. And you're literally just like the water filtration people. Mm-hmm. And they, the tank that leaves them goes around the corner and gets blown up. Right. Instantly. And then, and then the enemies that look like they got their gear from like a World War II uh, costume party. Yeah. Um, just did like a drive-by on them and then left. I was yeah. like, they're not going to stop and just make sure all those people are dead? Nope. I'm very confused. No. Not even going to try. Just go ahead and go, <laughs> we shot some bullets. I'm sure it's fine. I like when... Bones and Jack and them, they get captured Mm -hmm. and they get taken in front of a nondescript military member of the Libyans. I don't know if he was a general or what, but he proceeds to tell Bones that they're going to shoot warheads with chemical warheads on them at military bases tomorrow. And I was like, is he a James Bond villain? (laughs) He's literally telling them what they're going to do. I literally wrote that. I was like... Like any good James Bond villain, he's just telling him the whole plan. <laughs> but he was just nondescript. We don't know who he is. He he knows a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knew they were from Glendale, California. Yeah, and I'm like, if you know they're just basically water filtration people, then why are you keeping them around? Why don't you just kill them? Because this is a movie and mm-hmm. it's a PG-13 movie, I'm pretty sure. So they're like not going to, I guess, kill main characters. Unfortunately, it was just interesting because it's a war movie, but all of a sudden now we have a villain. Yeah, and it's not just a generic country. And the villain is is introduced like with maybe forty minutes of the movie left. Yeah, my biggest gripe in this movie is there's no real conflict. They have a tiff with like a special unit, and you're like, maybe that's going to be the driving thing. Like they have to prove to this special. What special is, forces. Special, special forces. forces unit that they're worthy. But then they all get killed except for uh, Sergeant Stern. Yeah. Who they help kind of save. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, maybe Jack is going to be so jealous that there's going to be a big blowout. There's not a blowout. No. He has that little venting session where he says Bone steals all his girl and he's more successful than him. But then he gets over it in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they get lost, but kind of just mosey through the desert. Never really in any sort of danger. Yeah. Get taken by the uh, Libyans. Mm-hmm. Somehow get free because there just happens to be an airstrike that happens. That the general told them they were going to do. Yes. And then, yeah. And I'm like, it's just a set of scenes where Polly Shore is just being Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like 2012 where there's so much going on. Pick mm-hmm. something and stay with it and establish it. I guess that's what happens when you have a Polly Shore movie. Nothing is really in danger. There's no real complications. No. It's literally just a a movie to showcase Polly Shore doing Polly Shore things. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you noticed when we were watching the movie, I paused it mm-hmm. for a second and then I just pressed play because I was like the last, we're in the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And that's when they're finally tasked with kind of saving the day before this they're just moseying around with no real rhyme or reason yeah (laughs) there was a lot of times like you brought up an excellent point where you are thinking when are we going to figure out what the conflict is right like obviously let's not do it with 15 minutes left in the movie like obviously the fact that they thought that they were just going to get an easy paycheck and then they have to go to war is a thing but there's no like so when they get into training, training is a little hard and they struggle for like five seconds with it. Yeah. And then he does a good job mm-hmm. to the point where Sergeant Ladd, who he kind of sexually harassed for the first like two minutes of the movie, she respects him now and he's a good soldier. So yeah. like he never really 
has any conflict on him or any like thing that he needs to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like even when his girlfriend breaks up with him, he's like, meh. And just, like, moves on. And I don't know if that's part of, like, the start of, like, we've talked about it before, but, like, that whole apathetic male character mm-hmm. where they're just, like, they don't really care about anything. They're just kind of going through life, doing whatever they want, and people love them for it yeah. for some reason. Many mid-90s, early 2000s, that's the plot of a movie. Yeah. He's just going through life. Doing whatever he wants, and yeah. everybody thinks he's great for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's Van Wilder. Pretty much, yeah. But in the military. (laughs) Did you have anything else? Towards the end, when you paused it, they stumble upon some doom buggies that were dropped. I feel like Sergeant Stearns mentioned that they have like a protocol and that they had dropped those doom buggies there for the Special Forces unit before they got captured. Okay. I think that they mentioned I just felt like when they came around the corner, it was almost like they had just been dropped because the parachutes were falling still. That's true. And I was like, did they just drop these out there with no plan of action? Like, there's no squad. Bones and Jack and them stumble upon these. Right. They had ridden a camel into the middle of nowhere. I I wouldn't doubt that they didn't explain it very well, but I want to say Sergeant Stern had said something like, that was the plan. Like, they had... They were supposed to go infiltrate the base, Mm -hmm. but then they got captured and everybody got killed, except for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they were that was going to be their escape plan, I think. Okay. So I think it was like a planned thing that was going to happen. I bet he was explaining that while they were singing "Rescue Me," and I was just singing "Rescue Me" with Lori <laughs> Petty and David Allen Greer. That's 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 okay. <laughs> Another part of the movie at the end when they do stumble upon that base, mm-hmm. and they they get a hold of the first sergeant. And he's just like, "You got to stall him for seven minutes so we can get an airstrike over there." I'm like, "Thank God." These 30 uh, Libyan terrorists, allegedly terrorists, Mm -hmm. officers, I'm going to say, are standing still and just shooting. And the four people are never in danger. One doubles back behind them Uh and gets ran over by a camel. Right, right, right. And the camel puts its foot on its chest, on the soldier's chest. There's an AK-47 about two feet away. And Pauly Shore was just like, all right, good. Thanks, buddy. Because it was the camel he bought earlier. Right. But I went, you have a lot of faith that camel's not going to get distracted and just walk away. And this guy is going to pick up the AK-47 and shoot the shit out of you. Right, right. Like, Pick up his gun. Kill him. I have a gripe with the camel, too, because I, I feel like they forced the relationship between the camel and Bones on us. Like, uh-huh. they love each other. They connected. They only met five seconds ago, and now the camel is saving his life. And then at the end of the movie, they name the... Sahara Stereo. Yeah, after mm-hmm. him, and I think he gets to he gets to keep the camel? He bought it. Oh, okay. He, I mean, he, he, he gave that person in the desert a truck. And money. That's true. That's true. I don't know how he got the camel home, but he did. Well, apparently the Air Force or the they airlifted the camel to him. And I also liked at the end of the movie when they do airlift the camel back to their base. Mm-hmm. All the people around are clapping. I would be genuinely confused. Why is there a camel coming here? Yeah. Why are we airlifting a camel? <laughs> Like, they don't know the hilarity that ensued between the camel and Bones and the rest of the group. Pure hilarity. Uh, so, as you can see, there was quite a there few plot, plot holes. holes. Yeah. The plot was one big one because it was very confusing as to what the actual plot was. Right. right. Other than, like, let's put these two slackers in a silly situation. Yes. And the end. That's the plot. <laughs> Um, what was your funniest liner moment? There was actually some okay chuckles in this. Um, one of my favorites was, you know, they're slackers and they don't understand military or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drill sergeant yells at Bones to drop and give me 20. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And he like reaches for his wallet. <laughs> so I was just like, that's stupid. But it was, it got me to chuckle. No, I, there was a couple. I will say couple jokes that made me chuckle Mm -hmm. i liked when he's in training and he has a a fire launcher a rocket launcher Mm -hmm. (laughs) a fire launcher and he has it backwards but Mm -hmm. i like the instruction sticker and it just says instructions fire like this and it's the simplest 
hold the freaking bazooka like this and push the button. Yeah, and Sergeant Lad's like, we made the instructions so clear because idiots like you. Yeah, and then the one time he has to shoot it, he shoots it wrong. That's correct. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Did you have any funny moments or did you want to move on to cringy? I did like when they're in Chad and Bones is trying to like rally up everyone uh-huh. and he just starts giving the speech where he's like would america have won the civil war if benjamin franklin didn't get along with eleanor roosevelt yeah it was just random inaccurate history yeah it was, it was pretty funny mm-hmm. what was your cringiest liner moment we touched on one of them which was jack and bones arguing over christine but then the other one was it was just a interesting acting choice from paulie shore which is when you join the military, you get the buzz cut, and he somehow doesn't realize they're going to buzz his head. Right. So they turn and show him the, you know, he looks at in the mirror and he sees a buzz cut. And his scream he does <laughs> was just like, ah! Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like scared scream. No. It was just like a, ah! It was like the director said, hey, Polly, go, ah, work on it a few <laughs> times. And he was just like, ah! He's like, got it. Roll the next scene. So the scene, you, you kind of touched on it, where they're training and they're doing the water filtration in their squad. They get their first glass and mm-hmm. Bones is like, oh, I don't want to try it. Mm-hmm. And then Jack's like, I don't want to try it. And then Christine's like, I don't want to try it. Mm-hmm. And then Fred's like, I don't want to either. And so th- then they all in unison goes, but who's going to try it? And I was, I, I'm like, what? Did it turn into a Scooby-Doo movie? Right. Yeah. I was like, is this a movie for babies? Like, what? Yeah. Is Dora the Explorer going to come out and blink at me awkwardly? (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for me to answer? What is happening? Uh, It was just because I felt like a lot of the comedy or the jokes were pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say like super witty or anything, but then that was just like out of left field for me. Yeah. It was an interesting thing. And like I said to you, that water just went through this massive filtration. It's probably the cleanest water you would ever drink. But you guys are like, oh, my God. I'm like, it's clear. Yeah. Too. That's that's a good sign. It's, a, it's okay. It worked. Yeah. Did you have any random thoughts? I thought it was interesting that, like, essentially the culmination of this movie is Bones having to point a laser at a Libyan military base and wait for an airstrike. Right. That's what we came up with as the culmination of a movie. That's Get up there and point a laser. That's pretty much how I feel like this whole movie. They're not really doing anything. Like they're kind of just sitting around a majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Kind of making jokes, but also not making that many jokes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's supposed to technically be an action movie, but there's not a lot of action. No. That's the... I mean, it's supposed to be an action comedy, right? I would assume. Yeah, but there, I agree with you. It is very light on the action, with the exception of that last 10 minutes. Yeah, and even then, like, the group of them, with the exception of, I guess, uh, Christina, or Christine, mm-hmm. didn't, like, shoot guns, didn't fight or do anything. They kind of just sat there and, again, were successful mm-hmm. in defeating the, the Libyan, Libyans. The Libyan army. I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. Other than, once again, I appreciate Polly Shore's abs in this movie. They weren't bad. <laughs> they weren't bad. Yeah. He could. He hit the crunches. He, I think he did. He right. was just like, I gotta make it look like I actually went through basic training. <laughs> Do you want to take a quick pause and we'll be right back? Yes. Okay. And we're back. As always, and just in life, it's award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage online school of bad acting, and also, who did you give your award to? I'm going to give it to Andy Dick. Okay. Who played Jack Kaufman. I definitely think there has to be, obviously, like two, like a buddy, mm-hmm. it's a buddy movie, you know? Yeah. And if I'm comparing it to like Biodome, he definitely is less vile than... The character... That Stephen Baldwin plays? Right. But I still just don't like his character. He's kind of just annoying and he 
he's not funny as as funny as Polly Shore. No, like in this movie. And he also wasn't as enjoyable as David Alan Greer or right. Laurie Petty. Like, yeah, I guess that just goes like Laurie Petty's talented, David Alan Greer's talented, Polly Shore even is funny. And maybe it was just poor writing for him because Andy Dick is a funny person for yeah. the most part. But yeah, his character is kind of weak. I think he's almost too similar to Polly Shore too, mm-hmm. like in the way he delivers things, and he just kind of is just boring as a character. Uh, he doesn't really have much of a personality. Just is kind of there, so I guess Polly Shore doesn't have to talk to himself <laughs> as much. Yeah, he doesn't you really know? drive the plot. No, no. But other than to be like try to sexualize Christine, mm-hmm. and and yeah. again we're gonna go. Yeah, you don't have a shot with her. It was also kind of when I was thinking the same thing about Gabriella and Bones. I was like, well, that's a plot hole. Yeah, but then did you see his abs? Uh, I did see his abs. Uh, uh, when he got a haircut, I was just like, okay, he's not works. bad looking. I see where people maybe thought he was kind of good looking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Art LaFleur. Okay. Who played Brandon T. Williams, the first sergeant. I associate Art LaFleur with being Babe Ruth, but also popping up on like home improvement and a lot of 90s sitcoms. So I associate him with comedy. Right. And he's supposed to be this serious sergeant. And I did not buy him as a sergeant. No. At all. So I just thought he was kind of miscast. He wasn't a bad actor. He wasn't Andy Dick. But I was just like, get somebody who scares Bones and Jack. Like, and he, you know, he's intimidating get the guy from saving silverman that guy who plays a general and everything he's ever been in get somebody intimidating right like i feel like sergeant lad was that yes she was just the the, the in the training camp. the drill sergeant so you you would think that the drill sergeant that like the first sergeant would be a lot more strict and mm-hmm. intimidating but yeah i don't know i was like have ice tea play him <laughs> Someone where you look at the person and go, they're intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was more weak casting than anything. Yeah. I agree. Okay. It's a good pick. Shall we move on to the next award? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who do you give your award to? I actually, I'm a little surprised. I gave mine to Pauly Shore. It's not that he was great. I think David Allen Greer was far and away a better actor in this movie than he was. But I thought all the funny parts came from him. Yeah. And he really did drive the plot. And when he was trying to be funny, he actually succeeded and was funny. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think realizing this movie came out after Encino Man and after Son-in-Law, mm-hmm. it's he's almost like a very muted character compared to his characters in those. Okay. And I actually don't mind it. I think it ages better mm-hmm. if anything because he isn't as like annoying yeah <laughs> you know um obviously in biodome is like the peak of annoying characters but this he's he's actually pretty level-headed and he does succeed at like accepting that they're in the army and all that stuff but i mean he's still you know things are just happening to him and he's just being successful without any real work but that's just the character. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I give mine to Polly Shore as well. All right. Yeah. Good, good. We agreed on something. Yeah. I did want to mention, uh, I was looking over the trivia, and there was so many people that were possibly going to get cast in this movie that I wanted to share with you. Yes. Hit me with them. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Ooh. <laughs> what? Sandra wow. Bullock? Thank you. As the Lori Petty character. Yes. You know um, what? She, you, this no, is pre-speed. She was in post-production for speed. Okay. So, good choice. Yeah. The other persons were, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was uh, considered for the role of Sergeant Ladd. That would have been such a nice cameo. But I don't know if Whoopi Goldberg would have scared me yelling. No. But that would have been a cool That's cameo. That's a big get, too. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. It's going to end in 1994? Yeah. That's a big hit now. Uh, Damon Waynes was considered for the role of Fred, and so was Will Smith. Both of them, especially Will Smith, seemed far too famous for that role. Right, right. Damon Waynes, I think this was pre-Major Payne. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Winona Ryder was offered the role of Christine, 
but her agents didn't feel the film would be successful. She was too busy going and being in Little Women and getting nominated for an Academy Award. That is also correct, yes. Um, I could see her playing that character, though. That's true. Harold Ramis was offered the role of the first Sergeant Williams. Okay. Again, not an intimidating person, in my opinion. Yeah. And there was one more. Adam Sandler was offered the role of Jack. Ooh. He, I think, would have looked too much like Polly Shore. Yeah. When they had the buzz They could have been brothers. Yeah. But then he was uh, too busy with Saturday Night Live, and he was filming Airheads. Oh, we're going to get to do it one of these days. But yeah, some interesting... Very interesting. ...alternate universe in the Army now. God, can you imagine if Sandra Bullock was in this? It would no longer be a Pauly Shore movie. It would be... Remember that Sandra Bullock movie? Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, now we can answer the question, do you think this movie holds up? I don't think it did. Okay. But I will say this. It was far and away more enjoyable than I had thought it was going to be. Same. I thought it was funny. My issues, we kind of talked a lot about it, was the plot. If it had a little bit better a plot, I think this would have held up. Yeah. It had a decent supporting cast. Pauly Shore was doing his thing. Like you said, it wasn't as turned up to 11. Like, if we're putting it on a scale of... We always say A League of Their Own being the best movie we probably did and Biodome being the first one. This is a hell of a lot closer to A League of, the, a League of Their Own than it is Biodome. Yeah, I'd put it a little lower middle Yeah, for me. I, I also agree that it didn't hold up. And honestly, I think it was because I felt like it was a little boring at times mm-hmm. because there wasn't a lot of things happening. Yeah. And I don't know. It just seemed like. I almost felt like Polly Shore was even phoning it in. Even though I gave him my Thomas J. Hanks award, I I felt like like his heart wasn't in in it or something. That's possible. Um, but I enjoyed uh, David Allen Greer. I enjoyed Laurie Petty. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't like me sitting there going like, "How did this get made?" Yes. Yeah. You know? No. I'm like, develop your plot a little bit better and give me a villain, and this would have been a fine movie. To the person that wrote this, go back in time, rewrite this movie. Correct. <laughs> Fix those few issues, remake it. Yeah. Who was 2021's Polly Shore? Oh, geez. My head goes straight to like, it has to be a female comedian. I'm thinking. I can't think of any like male comedic stars that are like in a bunch of movies one after the other. That's a great point. But I also don't want to name somebody because I think... They might listen. (laughs) No, I'm just thinking like maybe somebody would be like to compare them to Polly Shore would be like rude or something. I don't know. I can't think of anyone. Maybe they don't exist anymore because comedies are totally different these days. I'm disappointed in myself that I can't come up with someone that's like a... Or just somebody that they like, like we're going to look back in 20 years and be like, how did they get so many lead movies you know who i kind of would put them as it's the mid 2000s paulie shore i think i know who you're gonna say dane cook yes for sure he starred in four movies Mm -hmm. but he was very very popular for a time period paulie shore was very very popular in the 90s like this and i'm just thinking like they a lot of the movies that they made were kind of mediocre Mm -hmm. but that's why i can't think of it i'm like because you could say like Kevin Hart started getting films, and some of them haven't been the best movies, but he's very successful. And he he's... was in Jumanji. It made a billion dollars. Exactly. I'm like, there's, I think he's surpassed that yeah. that level of being like, they're trying to shove him down our throats mm-hmm. and give him a bunch of movies. And in 20 years, we're going to be like, remember when that Kevin Hart guy was in a bunch of movies? Like, no, I think he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. So oh, I, don't, I don't know. Almost another one mid, mid-2000s, like early cat williams yeah okay yeah he was annoying he was in everything (laughs) he went away real quick that's true i'm gonna have to think about that one for a while yeah maybe in season three we can answer it yes or more realistically completely forget that we ever talked about this and never bring it up again yeah (laughs) so guys that is a wrap Mm -hmm. on season two We hope you enjoyed all of our movies. We hope you enjoyed voting and helping us decide which movie to watch every week. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else to say? 
We're going to be back with season three. We're going to have some new categories. We're going to get rid of some categories. Yeah. We'll explain all that when season three rolls around. We're still going to be doing polls. Yes. You know, picking movies and hopefully having another loser's bracket. That was fun. Yeah. We even said we're probably going to do some more Polly Shore movies. Yeah. We discussed it this morning. We're a glutton for punishment. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it, guys. Have a great maybe month without us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't cry too hard. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.